0: You're listening to a Mash Those Buttons Limited series. Visit us at MashThoseButtons.com.
1: Professor Morton Solis?
0: Hmm. Don't recognize you from area. Too well
2: armed to be refugees, no mercenary uniform, quarantine still in effect. Here for something else? Fortuna?
0: Crew to clean them out? Unlikely. Borcha, a symptom, not a cause. The plague. Investigating possible uses bioweapon. No, no, no. Too many guns. Not enough. Data, equipment. Soldiers. Not scientists. Yes, yes. Hired guns. Maybe. Looking for someone. Yes, yes, but who? Someone important. Valuable. Someone with secrets. Someone like me. Me? Looking for me. Why? Who are you? What do you want? Hello and welcome to Squad Goals, a Mass Effect Legendary Edition podcast, where we're discussing our experiences playing through the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. My name is Nick Zelenkevich, and I'm joined by Chip Locke. Howdy, Space Cowboys. And Corey Kurabara-Treadway. Greetings from space. And this is episode number 20. And Chip, did you want to start us off with your little story there, or do you want to just get into the game? Oh,
1: do you want to hear about my uh, coolant accident? Yeah, sure. Um, We sat down to record tonight and everybody was ready and I was like, hold on, I just sprayed myself in the face with uh, uh, fluid, Um, which is as funny as it sounds. Um, Was it, what did I call it? Uh, Purple computer jizz? Yeah. I believe. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah um yeah i i just i picked up i built my liquid cool computer if you follow me on twitter that was like a whole odyssey um and i just had crap on my desk and like i looked over and i saw this coolant bottle and i picked it up and i kind of looked at it and it just went it just squirted all over like my entire my entire office so i had to um had a little accident had to get cleaned up
3: yeah, we, we didn't realize you you had a bottle you sprayed yourself with. Originally, we right. thought you actually like something your computer like broke. Like, oh, no.
0: Yeah, no. You said you were, you, were, you were getting a keyboard. And I'm like, did you like plug the keyboard in somewhere wrong or something? Right. Or, like, did
3: some- <laughs>
0: yeah, no, I actually
1: I do all my recording in my office, which has a Mac on it. Uh, and I think we've talked about this before. It has I have a work my work computer because I work from home is a Mac so that I can't have fun on it because, you know. I'm yeah. not sure I've made 3% of, of the Steam user base very angry there, but come on.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: So, let's move on to talking about someplace you're allowed to have fun, and that would be Omega. You know, there's probably um, a lot. Never mind. Never mind.
3: <laughs> wait, wait, uh, wait, what, what? I wanted to hear more. But, I'm
1: just saying there's a lot of probably fluid on Omega too. It seems
3: like that kind uh, of place. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I mean, it is a uh, station. You need to have that, that
0: stuff running somehow. It's horses. true.
1: It's true. Yep. A lot of, a lot of coolant, etc.
0: <laughs> so real quickly, just to, to backtrack for a moment. Uh, last time we talked about Shepard getting the Normandy, the rebuilt Normandy. And the game pushes you very hard to be like, Hey, you should go to Omega because both the elusive man and Miranda are like, there's a doctor on Omega that you really need to get recruited. We should do him first. So let's go, let's go there. Um, so even though at this point we're all free to go wherever we want, um, I figured it made sense for us to kind of, you know, follow the nudging of the game. Also, um, they have three, uh, three party members are on Omega. So, if you're gonna go there you, you know you're you're gonna you pick up uh we we'll, you know we'll get into them in a moment, but uh they have one d l. c character and then two of the dossiers that you were given uh are for people on omega so again it's 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 the game very strongly encourages you to go there, and so we're gonna follow that path i mean you uh, could
3: could skip it, but if you don't like upgrades uh
0: well you'll get the upgrades eventually
1: yeah so you can you can go pick up like uh kasumi and grunt who i'm gonna try not to call rex but when i do i'm sorry um rex 2 electric boogaloo Uh, (laughs) i'm pretty sure you can pick up jack too if you if you're so inclined um but yeah the game pushes you really really hard like go to omega it literally puts you in the system and like right outside of the, the station and says you know hey check it out go here
3: yeah. yeah, was that just where the ship, where, where the server's base was just another base in that system, or... I don't think the so. Game comes to?
1: I think it's just where the game... Because, like, the game, um, when you pick up the Normandy, you jump away from the Cerberus system, and then there's, like, some dialogue-y time, uh, and it doesn't really specify where you're going, but then Joker just parks you, like, there. It's like, hey, we're here at Omega. We should go here. I mean, I, I want to say maybe like Miranda like cajoles him into doing it. I'm not sure. Yes, okay, I was going right. to
0: say I wouldn't. Be, I wouldn't be surprised if that happened because even then she comes. If I recall correctly, I think you're standing down, uh, getting the tour of the Normandy down by the CIC, and she comes like from the front of the ship to be like, we should go to go to Omega. So I wouldn't be surprised if like she actually had talked to Joker, and then sure. like she's like, go to Omega, and then she comes back. Be like, oh, well, look, we're here. What what, what
1: are the odds? Well, you know, it's weird. Um, This is where you should get people. And, and it's a good place to start. Uh, It's also yes. just, it's really cool. Like, the aesthetic is very cool. It really shows off. If you weren't already somehow sold on, like, Mass Effect 2 being a big upgrade uh, in, in most places for Mass Effect 1, like, this is it. Because Omega really pops in sort of the grotiest ways. But, yeah.
3: Yeah, it's like it's like it's very similar to how when you first got to the Citadel in Mass Effect One, where instead of being like very shiny white buildings, it's all grungy lived-in places. They they go away and show you different parts of the station while you're
0: flying in. Mm-hmm. You're you're abs- you're absolutely right on the color scheme because the Citadel's very like bright blue and white and, and silvery, and this is dark gray and red, brown and it, brown. Yeah, it's 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 very dungy. Or dingy. I'm dingy dungey with either one of those words. But yeah, it's it, it's not I think mean, the Citadel is the kind of place when you go to and you're like, This is this, you know, this is like standard sci-fi, like this is the aspirational future I wouldn't mind living in. It's got bright skies, even if the sky's curved in a weird way, and and you know, there there's robots and stuff around and the weird alien keepers. But you know, hey, they're they're servants, so they're cool. And this here is this is the 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 dark sci-fi future where it's like, oh yeah, like you're going to live in a crime-ridden hellhole.
1: This is that Blade Runner shit, that this yes. dystopian. I mean, there's even, like, one of the things that struck me, and I'm sure I noticed before, but uh, this last playthrough, is there's a lot of, like, particle... Cr- there's there's just, like, particulate crap floating in the air. And you'll see, like, a light, you know, catch it, and it's like, oh, yeah, it's it's gross. Gross here.
3: Yeah, don't take what off you your mean? helmet.
1: <laughs> right, right. Like, and it's, it's I think, differently bad on Omega and in some other places in this game, but there are parts of Omega where you go and it's like, oh, yeah, it's, it's nasty here.
0: I mean, even the wards on the Citadel, you know, as much as they're sort of regarded as like the lesser areas of the Citadel, they don't feel as unkempt as Omega does that Omega, you know like you know like the, the wards are effectively the bad part of town of the citadel and they're actually still pretty nice by comparison this is like oh no you are in the bad part of town now like you know watch your back you don't know who's always around every corner uh you know and and, and the the characters that you meet here are very strongly reflective of that
1: yeah
3: yeah, yeah. i mean very much more rugged characters a little stronger
1: that's a omega pride too i mean they pride themselves on on being sort of like where the outlaws come like they City the wards are still on the most prestigious, probably most expensive city to live on in the galaxy. So, like, sure, they're not as nice and they're packed and there's a lot of people, but it's still you're like you're still in Manhattan. Like, settle down.
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah, what would this would be more like uh would it be Brooklyn? I don't
1: know. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna drag the, the any of the other boroughs. I like I don't, I don't wanna get into fair, that with anybody. Fair. I'm I'm just saying that like I've been to, like, the less good parts of Manhattan. And there are some parts of Manhattan that are, like, not great. But, I mean, the difference between that and, like, a city with real problems is is big. Is That's all I'm saying. That's fair.
2: That's fair.
1: I just I don't want to hear about it from like people from Queens or Staten Island or well nobody likes Staten Island sorry Staten Island but like <laughs> somebody loves you that's not true but that's what I'm saying like I don't want to hear about it from any of you all the boroughs are lovely you have a wonderful city uh, go, yeah, I think it's, it's go your team
0: it's somewhere outside New York
1: yes. Yeah, it is. Yes. Yeah. Which yes. again, not trying to put other places on blast, but it is. It's much more real. It's th- let me put it this way: the elevated standard of living in Omega is like living on the wards in the Citadel. Like that's like the good parts of Omega, I would imagine. And then it just gets rougher from then on out.
0: I almost, I almost don't feel like there are. At least I don't feel like we see. Well, actually, no, that's not true. That's not true. I think we do. Do we do see some nicer. Parts. There's there's a, a character with a very nice apartment that we see yes much later on in the game when we come back and we'll talk about that at that time
1: yeah and you gotta so you gotta uh, figure Arya's living the life right like a, as we talk
2: that's to her. true yeah so there's a rich words
0: <laughs> let's let's go ahead so the very first thing you do when you get to Omega we'll talk about this real quickly before we do any recaps um is that you get off of the actually before we get into this I did want to say I was trying to point out. Um, that because we may have played through the game, getting different people at different times and, uh, you know, because we may have then come back to places and done certain things at different times, we may have different characters with us that we, that we haven't talked about getting yet at certain points. So just bear with us as when we do that, because we'll get to the characters actually joining us when we get to them. But uh, in particular, later on, there's one interaction that, uh, I know I'm going to talk about where I'm going to have Tally with me, even though we haven't talked about actually getting Tally into your party. Last time we talked about Tally. She was, all you know, like, "Shepherd you Cerberus. I'm going back to my people. So, well, you know, just bear with us as we get through that. Um, we will pick up everybody as we go along, and it'll all make sense by the end. So, that said, the first person that we pick up, you get, like, when you get to Omega, you just walk through the doors, and he's just standing right there, like, with his, with his bags ready to go. <laughs> yep, yep.
3: Oh, uh, He's also beating the crap out of someone as well.
0: Yes, that is correct.
1: Yeah. It's that, a good introduction. Yeah. It really teaches you everything you need to know about Zaid.
0: Yes. So, and that's uh, Zaid Massani. He's he's roughing up a prisoner at the entrance to Omega, and he has a, a a bounty. He needs to turn the turn the guy in alive.
3: Yeah, alive, not uninjured.
0: Right. Exactly. Uh, and and so Zaid is my boy. He is voiced by the late Robin Sachs. Um, I bring him everywhere and it's not like I knew I was getting him first. Even if he wasn't on Omega, I would have gone to pick him up and then gone back to Omega. Uh, He's a mercenary. He looks like a mercenary. He looks like kind of the, the, the renegade shepherd, but without like the red underlay. Like he just has a, he's got a face only a mother could love.
3: And that's all that's maybe. (laughs)
0: but he's got a ton he's got a ton of war stories i mean he's been a mercenary for who knows how long it's is it even clear how old he is i mean he's 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 not a young he's not a spring chicken by any stretch of the imagination i don't know how old he is
1: i've always wondered that cuz like part of it is like does he just look that way like he, is he you know 50 but he looks that way because he's been hard living or is he like 70 <laughs> Or I guess, it's or whatever the space equivalent of that is, right? Like, because humans live to like 150, so is he like, oh, yeah, it's
0: just hard to tell. And he's got that gruff voice, that rumble to it. Yes. It, it, like, he's definitely, I don't know, it's weird to think as I'm saying this, like, you know, as I'm in my 40s, but I'm like, he's definitely like 40-something at least. <laughs> like, I never actually considered like, oh, I'm roughly, possibly Zaid's age. That actually kind of throws me for it's
3: like, oh, no. <laughs> But
0: uh, he's really fine, especially when you especially get
3: on the ship and start talking to him. Because he, he has a model ship of the one of the ships that he destroyed on his first mission. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, that's cool.
1: See, I like that. I mean, it's a trophy. Yeah, he, he's he got a ton
0: of cool stuff that uh, we will get to. But uh, yeah, so, we jo- so he joins us, and then he tells us that he's got one outstanding mission. Uh, he needs to recover uh or he needs to re- retake Was it the elfland is it ashland elfland ashland what's the name of that company i can't think of it ashland Ashland-y, i don't know <laughs> it's ashland yes
1: I, ashland, ashland something i'm trying eldfell ashland
0: thank you yeah i just wrote elfland which is completely the wrong name yes. <laughs> i just merged it all together um yeah so there's a refinery on zoria that's been taken over by the blue Suns. so he's, he he has a mission to go take that back so freaking blue uh, but,
3: Suns. yes
0: what would you know i'm sure that's the last we'll hear of them being on oh, Omega. Yeah. no it'll
3: or be anywhere else in the galaxy
0: but they, uh yeah so so that that'll be his loyalty mission that we have right off the bat that we'll need to go complete at some point to uh make sure that he is fully on the team and he's not distracted when we go through uh go through the omega-4 relay that's the other funny thing is that we start in omega and the omega-4 relay is right there that That's you like you go die if you it, want, it, it. almost, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You could just go and, and try it like just Shepard and Miranda and Jacob, just you know, riding through on the brand new Normandy, you know, the, with, with no upgrades and uh, just watch it get blown up. I, this is, and I'm, I'm now I'm trying to think of this, has been
1: done in other games where the I mean, well, okay, Breath of the Wild is a perfect example of this, um, where the game is like, you can go if you want. Like We won't stop you, but it will go poorly for you.
3: Yeah, except in Breath of Wild, you can at least win.
1: True, true. Yeah, you can't win here for a bit, but like, it's still, I, I like that. I mean, you can technically win in Breath of Wild. Like the average, you know, the average player will not win yes yeah, some people can but like like the idea of it is hey here it is like you can go see it and see for yourself like what you're up against right away if you want and i know i definitely did i was like yeah i'll hit this relay who cares i got 15 minutes to kill um it's good chrono trigger does this too they give you the bucket uh and you can go fight lavas from pretty early in the game if you're so inclined And get your ass kicked. I I really like that mechanic, because it makes you feel the progression when you come back later and you roll in, like, now I'm ready for the final level.
0: Well, not just that you feel the progression, but it also makes the progression feel warranted. That you can go, and it's like, okay. Because otherwise you're like, oh, okay, I have to recruit everybody and do all this stuff. And it's like, yeah, whatever. like That's the game. But, like, no, it's like, okay, like I understand. I need to meet this challenge. I am not there yet. I have work to do to get there. And, yeah, it, it makes... It, it puts an added level of understanding on everything that we're doing here. One of the reasons that I love Mass Effect 2 is because, as, aside from the side quests, obviously, because they're side quests, like, it, this is a very straightforward game. Build a team, upgrade your ship, attack the Reapers. Or, or attack the Collectors, rather. You know, it, it, there's no, there's, there's no, I mean, there, there are, are twists that we'll get to, and I mean, there you know, there are things that are happening happen. But overall... It's a very straight shot from the the beginning of the game to the end, and then it's just a matter of well, how are you going to go about doing all this in the interim? Um, and the other nice thing that we've talked about is that you're you're very free, you know, with, within parameters. I mean, as we said right now, you've got four dossiers, but I mean, but even then, you're free to to well, actually, I guess four, six dossiers if you cl- include the DLC. So that's six dossiers to go travel around and co- collect people. You're free to do whatever you want at this point. You can go do, um you know, I think some of the DLC even, uh, or the, uh, you do a lot of the DLC. You know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you could do that first off. And again, just you and Jacob and Miranda just running around, you know, doing whatever. I, I don't know if I'd recommend that necessarily,
3: but, yeah.
0: and i mean, you know, as, as I said, Zaid's my boy, I got to go get him first, even if I'm going to go do the DLC. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they do a great job of, you know, like telling you, this is what you're going to do and then just giving you kind of free reign to do it.
1: Yeah, the game has just several small bits to it. It has a really predictable gameplay loop too. It's like you go to a place, you do a mission, you know the mission is going to be somewhere between 20 and maybe 40 minutes, except for like the really big DLC missions. But like, you know, they generally have like a specific size and a vibe to them. You hack with the same two hacking mini games. you have this like, but all of the loops are tight and they feel... Really good, and like the chunks of time that things take don't feel just about the right length. Where the longer missions, they kind of ramp up the intensity and the tempo, and then like the short, like little planetary visit missions, that you, you know they're just single tight encounters. I uh, they just got all of that really right in this game. There's never a point I ever felt like where I was like, I don't have anything to do, or I don't know what to do because the game will always tell you like here's what you should be doing, and then if you want to take a break from that, you can go do all this other stuff.
3: Absolutely. Although it is weird sometimes, some of these recruitment missions, it's like, hello, you're on my team now, and others are just like, yeah. like almost an hour later, like, oh, are we done yet? Okay, finally. I
1: think the DLC characters are weak in that regard, right? Like Because both uh, both Kasumi, who we'll, we'll talk about later, and uh, Zaid, you just kind of go and like talk to them, and then they're like, yep, we're, we're on the team or whatever. Because the, con- the, the conceit is the elusive man paid for them to join you, which is sort of a funny aside when you, you historically paid, you know, real physical money for these characters so you could play with them. I do like in Legendary that all the DLC is just in the game. I think it's yes. oh, net good, although it is really interesting at the beginning of this game, and I think we already talked about this a bit, but how much DLC is sort of thrust upon you. Uh, And I think that actually hurts the game a little bit.
0: If the elusive man paid for the DLC, can I bill Martin Sheen for the DLC I bought when I originally got Mass Effect 2? Sure. You could
1: try. I would like for you to try.
3: (laughs) Obviously his response is saying no.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Probably not. Probably not.
0: Here's an autograph. Go away. You know, I would, I would accept that. I, if I got that much, I'd be, I'd be. I'd I, would, yeah, yeah, I would. Yeah. Yeah. I would too. Cause I could probably, I could maybe try to sell that for no the fair. cost of like the $5 the DLC cost back in the day. Can I get fair.
1: Martin Sheen to write, get bent shepherd and then just sign it? <laughs> like that's sign it elusive man. I don't want his signature. I don't care. I just want to know that
0: he wrote it. <laughs> The problem is that the like when the elusive man like gets irritated with Shepard, he doesn't. He's not as direct as saying "get bent." He always kind of makes like you know, he kind of comes at Shepard sideways a it's little true. bit. And it's way, it's a little more wordy than anything you could get put on a picture. I think.
1: But, yeah, uh, I mean, he's yeah. much classier than that, but you know. But
0: yeah, so let, let's go ahead then and hear about uh, what happens when we first get to Omega after getting Zayed, uh and our encounter with uh, Arya Talok in Afterlife. Shepard arrives on Omega and is immediately instructed to present themselves to Arya Talok, the head of Omega's Underworld. She holds court in a nightclub named Afterlife right near the Normandy's docking bay. Shepard heads in and upon approaching her, her men and subsequently Shepard's crew all draw their guns. Everyone cools off and Arya establishes that she doesn't care for Shepard, so she gives him the information he needs regarding the Professor and Archangel, and Shepard heads off on their missions. Alright. So So I find it fascinating that I guess it will I mean there's there's two major nightclubs that we that we meet on in Mass Effect 2. Uh, there's one on Ilium, which we'll talk about when we get to Ilium. Um, and then there's Afterlife here on Omega. And I just find it fascinating that that it's called Afterlife. Shepard died. Shepard technically went to the afterlife, and now he or she is back. And they're going to afterlife again. Uh, and, and the other one being eternity, it's kind of the same thing that they're, they're, they're the, you know, the Bioware is very intentionally playing with the, uh, the motif of Shepard being dead. It's almost the kind of thing that makes you wonder, like did like, was shepherd actually resurrected or is this all some kind of, uh, almost like some kind of purgatory or something that shepherds in or purgatory. You is the you last... say. Hmm. That's mm. right. <laughs>
3: Also, I think there's another club on the Citadel as well. Yes. So many clubs e- in this galaxy. It's so weird.
1: Yes. Oh, there is. Yeah. I forgot about that one. I don't even remember what that's called. I mean, you would think that. There's, I, I always think of a, the place on Ilium I think of as more of a bar than a club. It feels more like a bar, I guess. I don't know. Um, I think it's the lack of loud sort of like EDM music.
0: I think there are people dancing there, though. Actually, yeah, they have. There are people dancing there, and there's a a bachelor party that's going oh, on. Oh, yeah, there, there a, is a little, bachelor party. Okay, which, that is that is a fascinating bachelor party, and we will talk about that in time.
1: But I do enjoy that. Yeah, I, the afterlife yes. thing is very much on the nose. I remember thinking that when I first played it, I was like, "Yeah, okay, I get it, I see." Um, but it doesn't. It's not so bad. Like nobody at the game sort of winks at it for you, which I think helps a lot to to make it a little easier to swallow that pill um like there's no there's never a point where you're like talking to Arya and she's like oh it's so funny i heard you were dead and now here you are in afterlife like bleh. uh so i appreciate that they didn't do that
3: yeah i also appreciate that they actually had a what was it about the, the bouncers they had for the club in here I'm trying to remember their, their names right now
1: oh the elcor bouncer
3: yes that's what it was
1: Yes, the Elcor bouncer is fantastic with the uh, guy outside yelling at him and him just very slowly and patiently explaining.
3: Also, Elcors
1: probably make really good bouncers. They seem pretty tough.
0: Yes. They seem pretty tough and pretty by the book that they're not going to, like, they're, they're pretty trustworthy in that regard. Right, right. Also, can an Elcor lie? Because wouldn't it be like with deception, and then just
1: you know? <laughs> I I would presume no. Um, with badassfulness, uh, <laughs> we we'll talk about that in Mass Effect Three. Um, I mean,
3: I, I guess I could lie by just not saying what the emotion is. Right. And people just pick right. it up as a lie by they like. Wait, why didn't you tell me what the emotion was? That's suspicious.
0: Yeah, I, I would actually get. I mean, that would get interesting if, if they could straight up lie about their emotion because you have no actual way to gauge. Like if somebody's like, you know, like you can tell when somebody's getting angry or whatever. And if they're like, no, I'm fine. But like if an Elcor is like, I'm fine. Like you have to kind of assume they're fine because they you don't really have any other gauge. Like they don't give off any anger vibes.
3: I, don't know, I have a I weird think- idea now. Someone trying to interrogate an Elcor. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Elcor could be phenomenal liars. Yeah. Yeah, there probably are some that uh, have done really well for themselves using that particular loophole.
0: Elcor without a conscience. That's what I want to see. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Let
0: the Elcor race be the villains of the next Mass Effect game.
2: (laughs) That would be really interesting. Yeah.
0: Well, actually, it'd be interesting to see an Elcor in combat. I don't think we ever see that.
1: The game hints at it, like, at their, you know, the way that they do uh, any kind of armed conflict is, like, they carry heavy weaponry all over, and so they can do a lot of damage.
3: Oh, yeah, I forgot that they, like, mount, like, turrets or something on their backs. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. So <laughs> imagine when those guys coming there and just have, like, just rockets on them or just, like, laser cannons.
1: I'm just thinking about playing, like, World of Tanks, but with Elkors.
0: Yes,
2: that would be awesome.
0: So let's let's actually go get into Afterlife here. Um, because this is our, our next major cast reveal. Uh again, impressed that Bioware I'm still impressed by the number of high-level like, cast gets they got in this game. Uh, but we've Carrie Ann Moss, most you know, best known for The Matrix, but also on uh Daredevil and 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 uh you know several other things. obviously this was before da- Daredevil. Uh but uh yeah, she plays Arya Talok, who's sort of the uh, I guess regent of of Omega, like the head of the. Uh,
3: no. Under no. She is Omega.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the same thought. Yeah, um, I I feel like she's like the syndicate head. Uh, you, you, like the way I look at it is like it seems like Omega's run by effectively a crime syndicate, which she is the the head of, I don't know what else, I don't know what else I would call it.
3: Yeah, pretty much. a Yeah. Could, could, yeah. Mafia.
2: Yeah. And,
0: and we, we do get the story of how she got to take that position, um, which uh, there's, there's, we'll, we'll get to that in, uh, when we come back to Omega, but yeah, I have to, I have to say it's, it's fascinating because, like, you know, Shepard Shepherd walks in there and, like, at first it's all, everybody's a little, like, whoa, like, you know, tension, and then Shepard's just like, let's just talk. <laughs> and everybody just sits down and, you know, and they, they, everybody puts their guns away. And then, yeah, you know, and and Shepard even asks Aria, like, you know, like, like why, why do you care about me or whatever? And she's almost like, she's like, I don't. I just, I know you're here. I just want, you know, just stay out of my business. Don't mess things up. You know, get what you need and get out of here. Um, so it's a very... It's a very transactional relationship uh and and you know that I think that's interesting too because being an asari like you generally think of them as being very emotional like in a very emotional race i mean they, you know they're sort of the the you know the 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 consorts of the universe as it were, and you know to see someone here who is very just strictly business strictly. Tactical has no interest in any sort of relationship with you whatsoever. Uh, it's 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 an interesting dichotomy to see sort of the range that uh, the Asari can take.
3: Yeah, and just like like she only cares about making sure you're not messing with her shit because like the only rule is basically like as long as you don't fuck with her, she don't care.
1: Yeah, that is the one rule. Uh Don't fuck with Arya, and yeah, I. She definitely I, I enjoy that though, because you know like there are Asari commandos and and they have like a whole range of emotions. And I think like your last Asari companion was this very sort of like doe-eyed, innocent person. And then you meet Arya who's almost a thousand, I guess. Like she's old, right? Um maybe she's not almost a thousand, but she's she's old. She's definitely six, seven hundred at least. And
3: she's probably has coming up in the Mate territory.
1: Right, yeah. And is is a hard ass is a no-nonsense, and, hard-ass, like, ruling as a dictator, effectively.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, even Benetia, who was a villain in the first game, we still saw her emotional side because of her connection to Liara, and, you know, she didn't, she wasn't just a villain. You know, there was, there was more to her. And, yeah, here there is no... There doesn't seem to be any other side to Arya. It doesn't seem that she has any... And I mean, she very well may, but it's just not nothing that Shepard would need to be involved in. Nothing that she's going to share with Shepard. It's not like she's going to get on board the Normandy, and then you're going to be going to talk to her, and you know, to break her down, and then uh, you know, like, oh, okay, you're 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 part of my crew now, and we're buddies. Like, no, she's just there, just as uh, you know, not really an obstacle for Shepard, but just something for Shepard to deal with.
3: Yeah, and she's not really like a villain or anything else. She's not like a really a ally, good guy person. I think she's just there, takes care of shit, and. Make sure you don't fuck with her and you'll be good. She's
1: a very honest character. Like, she's transparently self interested. She tells you that. Again, I mean, she's transparently self-interested. Um and that's it. That's you get what you you get what's on the outside with her. Which is, you know. Nothing wrong with that. There are some like sneaky deceptive Asari you meet too, like on uh, uh Novaria in particular in Mass Effect 1, but but she's just She's just like a force of nature, honestly. Yes,
0: and I think she needs to be because you you're not you're not going to be some well, weak willed person running a crime planet asteroid, uh, crime asteroid. Yes, I still I still find um, just the structure of Omega fascinating because when you come up like the asteroids on top, it looks like a giant mushroom,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but the structures. Like when you're flying in, the buildings are all coming hanging down from the you know from like the the top of the mushroom basically, and I I I I, it's, I guess you're almost flying it upside down because it seems like when you land, like everything's oriented. I mean, everything's oriented right side right side up, obviously. But to me, it always it always feels like, especially when you get first get into that section of Omega right outside Afterlife, it feels to me like the whole time you're in some kind of subterranean area. Yes, and it wasn't. And then I always forget to look up. And then once you look up, you're like, "No, that's sky. That is a dark, like purplish, you know, mm-hmm. red, you know, like a reddish tinged sky above you." And you're like, "No, this this is the outdoors. Like, the, like I, I does Omega have a daytime? Are we only there at night, or is the planet just constantly? Well, it's not a planet.
1: It, dusk. It doesn't have. I, I know, like, like right, a real right. atmosphere. So I
0: think that's part of it. So, is
1: there's no." actual atmosphere they're containing whatever they have with mass effect field so they're not going to get any kind of normal looking light uh i i think day night on omega is just when people sort of say it is
3: yeah i think so like the, omega is such an interesting place because like this is not the first iteration of omega it's been like lost like uh taken over used many times over people have like completely screwed the shit and someone came back and rebuilt it again I'm not sure why everybody comes back to Omega.
0: <laughs> well, I think the underworld needs a headquarters kind of that. And even if it doesn't have a, you know, like doesn't necessarily need a headquarters, somebody will see an opportunity in giving it one. And so it, it makes, it makes sense that, yeah, it's like, okay, like, you know, Omega can, you know, someone will do something wrong. Someone will bring the heat down. Someone will, you know, play with something they shouldn't have and, and, you know, cause a problem and everybody's got to leave. But then, yeah, it makes sense that they would, you know, that there's going to be a place where everybody like, you know, everybody's going to need to meet. I mean, you know, as we, as we'll get into, you've got Eclipse, you've got the, the the blue suns and you got the blood pack all hanging out on Omega and they might scuffle between them, but they also have agreements between them. They know whose zones are where they've, you know, they've, they've got their system here. This is as close to a sanctuary as you're going to get, like where they can all hang out. And I mean, and again, Ari is not going to, you know, um, you know, she's not gonna border no shit from anybody that she'll she'll make sure that, you know, you know, if anybody steps out of line, they're taken care of. So it's not it, you know, so it, it, you, the underworld needs a place like that. They need their like thieves den effectively, and Omega serves that place very well. I'm not surprised that it would be be rebuilt time after time. Oh no, don't you can't do that. Um Wow, what is You started that on I got stuck in my
3: head.
1: <laughs> Just like a total 180 from the concept of Omega. Um, yeah, I, so I always thought like when I, well, always thought, I, I, I thought when I first flew into Omega and it still hits me to this day, how much it kind of looks like a big space squid. Mm hmm. Um, or, you know, mushroom is good, but I always thought of it as a squid. It definitely it looks sinister. It kind of uh, the top of it sort of reminds me of the Legion of Doom building. Like the old, yes. class, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> like
2: it
3: does
1: it, from yes. yeah, from the old Justice League, like comics and cartoons. It like it just totally looks like that, uh, and I I feel like that influence is is not uh, unintentional. So yeah, it just
3: yeah. Also, I mean, when you think about the the name of the place too is called Omega, right? Like the like the end,
1: right? Yeah, like the yeah. Final it's kind of like a destination. Yeah, the last. The last shithole at the end of the galaxy or whatever, uh where you can stop <laughs> in and hang out at a cool bar. Um I yeah, I, I always forget to look up in Omega. I just don't because it's just it's very oppressive. You you come in and and obviously like in the docking area, there's no sky, but but there's nothing in there that invites you to look up. There's no architecture where you want to look up and see what it is. There's nothing in the sky. Like it is, it's just yeah. It's really dark. It's sort of dingy and just it's really just a well-done atmosphere and environment
3: oh and uh basically double check some of things on the uh the wiki real quick they did base the counts of omega on a mushroom cloud from like okay. atomic explosion that's literally what they base it off of
2: okay
1: i'm sticking with squid
0: it all works
3: yeah, and they and they also said the writer they pulled the inspiration from this from this from Mos Eisley Cantina from Star Wars. Yes. That
0: yeah. Makes sense. Yeah.
1: Wretched hive of scum and villainy that it is.
3: Yeah, I don't even know. Why I didn't even pick up on that. That makes a lot of sense. Well, the
0: problem is that they do allow droids in. Oh, That's fair. Well, do they? They uh, I, actually. They, I don't actually. No, I know. Probably not. There's no geth. There's no. Uh, no security no, well, max. They do have. They do have. well the security max are down in the lower levels. It's true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember not, saying not, any... not an afterlife, no. You get the Elcor yelling, you know, we don't serve your kind here. <laughs> <laughs> uh... But yeah, so so Shepard meets with Arya and he gets the information uh, that, uh, bas- you know, a little bit of information about uh, Morden, a little bit of information about Archangel. And that's pretty much it. There's really nothing else there in that transaction. Not too much. So... Yeah, so let's go ahead and let's hear what happens when Shepard heads down into the uh, lower levels to meet Morden Solus. Shepard is granted access to the quarantine district, where a plague has been ravaging the alien species. Humans and Vortia are immune, however, which is causing tension amongst the races. Shepard and team fight through some blue sun mercenaries and quarantine guards. Shepard also finds a dying Batarian on the street who can either be helped or left for dead. As Shepard proceeds, Blue Suns are replaced by the Vorcha, whose immunity has allowed them to claim Blue Suns' territory. Finally, Shepard arrives at the clinic, where Professor Morden Solis awaits. Before Morden will join Shepard's mission, he needs to cure the plague. He sends Shepard with the cure to turn the ventilation fans on so that the cure can be dispersed through the vents. Along the way, Shepard finds Morden's missing assistant, Daniel, being accosted by some Batarians, and Shepard is free to intervene. Shepard fights through throngs of Vorcha and Krogan before turning on the fans and dispersing the cure, thus ridding Omega of the plague and freeing Morden to join the crew on the Normandy. All right. So, let me ask you guys, living in a pandemic How did this section of the game hit you now, as opposed to ten years ago? Real different. Real different. Really
3: different. different. I I mean, think like, hold on a minute, because like this plague is like it was like it's only like a couple weeks old, and I don't know. I feel like they're still doing better uh, quarantine than has been over here. Maybe
1: we had when you some good quarantine for a little while. I felt like, and then everybody just kind of gave up.
0: When you go down into the, the the lower areas there, and there's just that ambient coughing and hacking in the background, and it's relentless. Like my stomach was turning because I'm like this. You know, I mean, I've been I've been lucky where I am. You know, I haven't. You know, for, I mean, for, obviously you guys know I've been you know been sick in the last few months, but it's just been the common cold, nothing. You know, n- n- nothing major. But you know, I mean, you hear the stories about of like the ICUs and whatnot, and it's just, it It, it was, it, it was, a, it was just disquieting, just, you know, stomach churning a little bit to just, to go through that and be like, okay, like, and especially too, like there's the one Batarian you meet, like, cause there are, there's, that's the other thing too, is like, there's a number of aliens who, some of them are straight up dead and some of them are clearly on their way to being dead, just laying in the alleys and the corners. Uh, you know, there's the one Batarian that you talk to and you try to get him to be like, hey man, you should go to Morden because- i'm sure he can take care of you and you know and even then they're like no i don't want you know like they're, they're resisting their best option because they don't trust it it's yeah yeah
1: he does not trust the medical he bred his buddy on spacebook said you know <laughs> that they should be getting vorcha medicine and like, that'll make him well and so he's like i don't trust you you humans and Solarians. like all
3: right dude <sighs>
1: Yeah,
2: because yeah, it's, it's uh, a plague that only, yeah. it doesn't
3: specifically hit humans, which is very weird. Yes, I mean, yeah. You find out the Vortia can't get sick because they're unable to get disease, and like, that seems nice, kind of physiology, not to be able to get diseases.
1: Yeah, that seems convenient. If It's funny, because like, if the Vortia were just not stupid, like, it seems like <laughs> they have a lot of genetic advantages. Um... Yeah, it was the yeah being in here. It, disquieting is a really good word because there were definitely parts where I just kind of stopped and was like, "Oh God, this is yikes." Okay,
3: yeah. Like, but did you you guys found the Torian who was just locked into his into his uh-huh. uh, just into a, like a cargo thing with his with the with yeah, his diary?
1: Buddy? Yeah, yeah. The audio mm-hmm. diary where he's like, oh, we're not sick. This is stupid." And he's like, "Well, my buddy's sick, but I'm good." And then at the end, he's like, well, I'm going to die here. And it's just like, oh, jeez, dude. Well, you, also just see
3: their, you just see their bodies just laying there. Like, they just got left.
1: Right, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the whole, it's just like, it's a rough scene.
0: It's, and I mean, I know, like, you know, like, Bioware, when they're writing this, they're pulling from the stories of, you know, like, the 1917 flu pandemic and, you know, other other pandemics throughout history. But still, it's, it, it, you know, it it. It's just—it's <laughs> no words for it. It's just—it's
2: yeah, it's, it's really it's,
1: grim. This whole game is really grim. Like the—I feel like the tone of Mass Effect One to Mass Effect Two, like it does change, and Two is a lot more grim and sort of—I uh, don't know, gritty is such a lazy word, but um, it's the dirtier game. Like it just shows you much worse parts of the galaxy, and I think the jump in like fidelity and detail helps really convey that message.
0: Well, also, you know, like you're in the terminus systems now. So this is the grittier part of the galaxy. So is the, so, the, front, you know, the frontier? The, right. Yeah, like, you know, the, the first game you're hitting some of the more civilized places, some of the places that have been inhabited longer, um, you know, and, and now here, no, you're actually going around to where, uh, you know, law is a, a, a theoretical construct at best. And then you know sometimes much less than that, and so you know Shepard is given you know I mean it helps too it gives Shepard plenty of opportunity to exercise uh, his or her paragon or renegade uh, tendencies, but yeah they 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 make no qualms about you know throwing throwing moral quandaries at Shepard you know in the, in the first game I, I think they were still figuring out things they could play with and now here they've really like okay like we 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 kind of under you know we understand the 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 paragon. Running guide dynamic. Let's really kind of throw some stuff at Shepard to play with that. Uh it's oh, yeah, yeah. It 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 is
2: grim.
3: What did you guys do with those uh those gentlemen who were partaking with the late that late oh, stuff?
2: Yeah. I ran those fools off.
3: Yeah, I, I was- told them they they changed their, their line of work. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah um i was very mean to them um i was also mean to the batarian the sick batarian but i did uh yell at him to go to Mortons because i was like well you shouldn't die because you're an idiot um or you're misinformed he, he might not be an idiot he might just be you know misinformed but uh and
3: yeah, then there was he he also didn't look the, like he was like v- that well off so try and do the best seeing so humans aren't getting sick and then your body's like you shouldn't trust it it's like i i don't know i'm I'm dying, I don't I want to try something, but don't take sense of going X to just instantly kill me either, so you know.
1: Right. Uh there was a third morality. Oh, it was the couple in the apartment, uh, who yes weren't sure what to do. Yeah, and I also they've... sent them to Mordens.
3: Yeah, but that, that that couple was so weird to me because they were like well dressed for Omega. Like extremely well dressed, I'm like not as dingy as you would expect, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah. They probably were part of the I mean, that was this is what I found interesting is like this section of Omega that you're in that's obviously kind of gone to to hell because of the quarantine and the rioting and and everything that's going on. I I kind of wonder if it wasn't a little bit of a nicer area because like their apartment was pretty big and and had, you know, looked like it was nicely arranged and stuff. So Uh, Maybe the standard of living on Omega isn't that bad. I I don't know. It's hard to tell.
0: Um, As long as you don't leave your apartment.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This was also where I really noticed the increased ammo drop rate in Legendary uh, is as you're working your way to Mordens. I specifically remember a couple of times like feeling very low on ammo, kind of like looking at my pistol, being like, "Okay, I have six shots left. Yikes. Uh, and hoping to find my way to some. And then in, in this version of the game, it was like, I basically have infinite ammo.
3: Yeah, except for your heavy weapon ammo. I could never yeah. buy enough heavy ammo.
1: Yeah, but I had the problem with just, like, normal guns.
0: Um, it, it seems that... Uh, I think I'm playing on normal, but it seems that, like, within... Like, all you need is two clips, and you're, you should be a full ammo that they you know usually one clip alone will will do it for you but uh, so
1: that was one of the changes in mass effect 2 is they made um the clips i think give you more ammo and they also like really bumped the drop rate of clips good yeah
2: (laughs) yeah
0: because even even just in general i mean I, i remember there yeah i don't know if it was on omega for me but i know there were some spots where i was I was like, oh crap. I got like three bullets and I hope I didn't I hope I have a save from before I had like a handful, because this is a rough firefight here, as opposed to uh yeah, I can yeah, like you know, but even that even then playing as a vanguard it is nice, especially later on once uh everything's powered up, it's like I'm running out of ammo. Well, time to punch my way out. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, unlike me, I'm an ing- I'm engineering, so I just like sit behind there and have my drone go and annoy everybody until it dies. It's it's tougher.
1: I always would play adept and it was I mean, adept you do have your powers, but early on they're just not that strong. So you like throwing people five times to drop them eventually. It sucks. Um,
3: Yeah, I have the issue where my only my only guns I have are the heavy weapons and pistols. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So you get the better pistols. It gets
0: rough. Right. I got my my shockwave up, and that's just nice. You just send that along, and just, it's like from behind cover, you see people getting flying just wherever. I love the like, shockwave. Oh, it's good. so fun. Just like do, It's do, so do, good. Do. Yeah.
1: You like shockwave, you run in with your barrier up as it's going out, and then anything that doesn't move, you just shotgun. Boom, done. It's great. Yeah.
0: <sighs> and then I also have the uh, incendiary rounds maxed out, so like... You hit one guy and, like, three of them all catch fire, and then it's just, all right.
3: (laughs) Contagious fire in the plague.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Well, you know, that actually, to to get back on topic, that is one of the things uh, that uh, Zaid points out is that they're burning bodies in the streets, which, again, we haven't quite reached that level, like, in our pandemic. But, uh, you know, that is something that historically was done. To you know, make sure that things didn't spread. I mean, yeah, I know, like incinerations have been up as far as or cremation, rather. But
3: also, uh, there's like one thing to remember: this plague is only like I think like two weeks, maybe three weeks old. It's not very been there a while, and they're already at the stage of burning bodies.
2: Yeah. No, this seems like a really brutal
1: pandemic that's just like ripped through the whole community.
0: Yeah. And he, 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 yeah, and, he, and even then, like they, at least they've done a good job of quarantining to this sector. That the rest of Omega seems to be fine, um, but uh, yeah, because even then, like Shepard has to like talk his way in. You know, they're 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 not letting people in.
3: Yeah, and that amazed uh, me. They're it. able to co- actually completely quarantine off. I know it's a station, but still, you think someone would slip through by accident? Just some idiot, just like I'm fine.
0: Right. Well, no, there's a, a fun exchange. Uh when when uh, Shepard's trying to get in and there's another lady there who's trying to get in, she's like, You're stopping me and not them. And then the guy's like, You don't have a grenade launcher, lady. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so.
3: Oh, that was perfect.
0: <laughs> so you get in, you get through, you fight your way through the uh through the, the various gangs trying to take control there. Uh the Vork- well actually let's talk about the Vorka for a minute because this is the first time we've met them. We were talking earlier about their disease resistance. Um, they, they don't seem like the friendliest of races.
3: I mean, they look no. like, like maybe like demon spawn or goblins. I'm not really sure what they're going for with this one.
1: Yeah, they do. They, they look like a pull from a dragon age game. Honestly, like they look like a really messed up dark spawn or something. Uh, the teeth are what get me. Yes. The the, the Vorcha teeth are just like upsetting to look at. Their whole face
0: is ugh, it's not good. Well I I wonder about them because like from a video game perspective, they're clearly meant to be like this is the bad race. Like you should feel no qualms about you know shooting these guys in the face because they are ugly and they are mean, um, and they they have very little redeeming qualities. Um but from a general like spacefaring perspective, like yeah okay they look hostile but that shouldn't necessarily mean that like we have to treat them with hostility and i i wonder if it's one of those things where like people react to the vorka because they look like vorka and that's why the vorka act like the vorka because they've been treated like vorka
1: i don't think they're particularly bright also true. um they're not. so that is one thing is like i i they're not smart Particularly, but yeah, I mean, they're also, yeah, they're they're definitely treated poorly. And I think they're not trusted with, you know, different positions of any kind of authority. But it's, it's kind of, like, I feel like because they're not particularly bright, they don't get trusted. And also they do look like Vorcha and, you know, it is an interesting moral question, but they don't seem, hmm, they seem like somewhere between... Like dog intelligence and sentient race intelligence. Like, they don't seem like they're fully, like a fully qualified sentient race, if that makes
3: sense.
0: Like, the Batarians, like the Batarians, like they, they seem like they're, they're, they're fully a culture and they're, they're just kind of assholes. And they've, that's kind of why they get treated the way that they do because they're, they, I think they, you know, like, I think people, you know, sort of met them and we're like, oh no, you guys suck. And we're going to be like dismissive towards you now. And we're only going to let you hang out in the, uh, you know, hang out in the, you know, in the, the, the the lawless areas and whatnot. And we're not really going to welcome you into, uh, you know, like, you know, civilized space. Whereas the Vorka, it's like, they, yeah, they're like a step above Varen. They really as like pit bulls, um, to, you know, be brought in and, and uh, attack. And I, I think we see them as, you know, they're very much the foot soldiers of the blood pack. Um, I don't know if there are any Vorky, Vorky, Vorka. Vorcha. Vorka. Vorka. No, it's a uh, CH.
1: It's a CH. It, anyway.
0: It is, I thought it was like a, it's a C. I thought it was well, like a CH, but it was. It's, it's I know it looks like that. Well, it's funny. The actually. game says
1: Vorcha, so that's yeah, what
3: I say.
0: Vorka is the actual
3: name in most territories, except for Russia, where it is Vorka. Huh. Because, okay. because Vorcha means something different in Russia. It means, what was it, uh, to act grumpy is what Vorka <laughs> means in Russia, so they switch it to Vorka.
0: To be it, fair, they are grumpy. They, they are, grumpy. are very
3: grumpy, so it's very accurate, yeah. but it's like, they actually have I wonder a if different that's
1: where the I wonder if that's where the name came from. Somebody knew Russian, and they were like, well, these, these guys are sort of grumpy. They're surly.
3: Mm-hmm. Also, here's a weird little fact. If an Asari and a Vorsha mate, the offspring is allergic to dairy products. What? <laughs> <I don't laughs> need to, it's just, what? just it's something it's something barely morden tells you. It's like one of his lines. I'm like, what? I this
0: don't think morden, I've wh- ever wh- heard know that, that. line.
2: What?
1: That's...
3: Oh that's what how said, have
1: it. I missed this line?
3: Yeah, that's what it says. This is according to Morton, so offspring I mean, of Asari and Vorsha matings are allergic to dairy products. To be fair, Morden says a lot. That is very <laughs> He does. He
1: does. This, I would have remembered this, though. That's too funny. But well, well, it's weird that there are Asari Vortia offspring, too. That's, um... Huh.
3: Well, They, they can be okay. with anything, so it's not, like, too weird, but... <laughs> sure?
1: Yeah, different strokes for different folks, I guess.
0: Just That's a lot of teeth to get past, but yes.
3: Yeah. Some people have interesting yeah. fetishes, you know. That's yeah, so that's yeah. true. Yeah,
0: yeah. Moving on. Moving on. Well, speaking of Morden uh, as uh, we were, uh,
3: let's uh There's one more thing. All the Vortia are voiced by Mark Mir, the one who does who voices Commander Shepherd.
0: Really? <laughs> yeah. Ah. Wow. I should have noticed that. I'm not surprised they you know, you were saying that they're a bit like goblin-esque. They strike me as a bit of uh, almost like bug like. Yeah, and there's, uh, you know, like there are some like praying mantis type braces in games. I'm, I'm specifically thinking of like Zorak from uh, Space Ghost oh, yeah. Coast to Coast. <laughs> yeah, and there's a little bit of like that voice quality to them. So I'm <laughs> impressed that Mark Muir was doing that.
1: That's a tough. I'm not going to try and pull that voice. That's hard. That hurts
2: your voice. Oh, yeah. Hurt your vocal cords. <laughs> That's why he's a professional. Leave Leave that to the professionals. Seriously, yeah. stunt voices. But but yeah, so let's, let's go ahead. Then let's get
0: into when we actually meet Morden and, uh, you know, he's, he's one of the more fascinating characters that you, you, you get as you go along. I mean, well, to be fair, all the characters are fascinating. I mean, they all have their developed backstories and whatnot, but Morden is, he, he, he seems like he's just, like, oh, some smart guy, but then it's like, oh, no, you find out, like, he was part of the Salarian Special Forces at some point, and he's clearly adept with a gun, and I don't just mean that because, like, everybody in Shepard's crew is adept with a gun. Um, well, but
3: you know, like, when they, when they first get over to meet Morton, it's like, Pyrrha didn't really suspect him of being like, are you sure we can trust this doctor? The Blue suds just went to go attack him, and he just shot all of them and hung their
0: bodies up for, as a warning. Not typical scientist stuff. <laughs>
1: I was like this guy sounds rad, we should hang out with him.
3: Well
0: th- that's some like heart of darkness like, you know, like Mordens down in, in in the savage lands here and he's he's doing what he needs to do, imposing his own little order to to keep the uh, to keep to, you know to keep the wild ones at bay. That's it's yeah, that it, it's very he's he is like practical to the extreme, like super pragmatic.
3: But not in an annoying way, which is interesting, because like, there's some people like, who are like that in games, it's just like, can you be quiet? You're just kind of ruining the fun.
2: No, he, well,
0: he's annoying, but in a fun way.
3: Yeah, yeah. He's a very fun character. I love the stuff, like, uh, I don't know how much we're want to talk about more than yet. Are we going to save some of the more cool stuff for later? Because he's got some fun dialogue. Oh, yeah. he
1: does. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he he introduces himself pretty pretty plainly, or like the environment introduces him, um, and he's he's really interesting. He's one of my favorite characters in Mass Effect too. Yeah,
0: because yeah, you, you think you're just going to meet a doctor, and it's like, no, he is so much more than a doctor. And even then, like that, like you you meet him, and he just he just starts going off. He just starts rambling, like he has, you know, like like you know, he he his. You know, he's clearly thinking a mile a minute. His, I mean, his mind just works that fast because that's he, he is a genius, mm-hmm. and he is no he has no filter. Well, and it's part of him being a genius, and also he is a Solarian, where
3: they they operate their brains operate twice as fast because of their their lifespans of being only like thirty years, so they do things quick. But it's also really nice to see a, get a Solarian because, like, it was I found it was really weird the first game where. You had two of the council races on there, a Turian and a Sari, but not a, a Salarian. Like, why'd they get left out? Are they weak? Meet Morden? Nope, they are
2: not weak. No. No, he... he...
0: I almost feel like if, if, like if you put all the characters, all, all 12 characters that you can get in Mass Effect into like a Battle Royale situation... Like, Morden's one I would give some of the better odds to <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a pretty safe bet if, if He's, he's not, I mean, he's not going to get caught off guard. He's, he, 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 you know, he's, he's, he'll plan his attack. He'll make sure he's d- defended. I mean, you, you might think he would be easy. Cause Oh, he doesn't have any biotic powers. He's just, it really his only, his only ability is his brain. Uh, but he's, I guess he's kind of like Batman in that regard. <laughs> like, the solarian Batman. <laughs> a, a
2: little bit, a little bit.
0: <laughs> Now I'm trying to think how would a battle, like, yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, the dossiers that Shepard gets, some of them are serious heavy hitters, so that would be a fast, we're going to have to talk about that later when we have more of the characters established. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know how that would go, that would be
1: wild. That'd be a fun game, that would be a fun shooter. Uh, it's just Battle Royale, like like a character-based
2: shooter, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what
1: you need to do. Bioware, take the characters and make like an Overwatch clone. Right. Yeah.
3: Well, you can make an Apex clone too.
1: Same difference. (laughs) I mean, Apex is in house. Just reskin it. Come on,
2: how hard could it be? Yeah, it's true. It is house. They got nothing
0: to do. So the the one uh, little side quest that you get with Morden is that his assistant Daniel went out. To help some people and hasn't come back. How did that go for you guys when you go back out and you encounter... You, you find Daniel and he's, he's being held at gunpoint with some uh, Batarian raiders. This is one of my favorite
1: good applications of Renegade. Is I rolled in and shot the dude in the head. And told Daniel, you're an idiot, get out of here. Uh, and it was all Renegade points and it felt good to do. And... Funny thing is, if you try and paragon your way through it, I'm pretty sure you still have to fight those dudes. So
3: yeah, you do. Uh, you, you could try to talk them out, but it still ends in a fight.
1: It saved me time and trouble, and it was a badass thing to do. And those guys had it coming. So I, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed just popping in, like walking in and popping the dude. <laughs> uh, what about you, Nick? Would you, or what about you, Kuro, What'd you do?
3: Yeah, I just when I rolled in, I just remember just uh trying to defuse the situation and. So like they are all suspicious that Daniel like it's a human. You must be the one causing everything. It's like, no, I really just want to help. Don't believe you. Gonna shoot you. But it still kind of reminds me kind of a little bit of stuff going on like currently where people not really trusting people trying to do the cure. Like no, you're you're the actual one causing it. It must be you. Like no, I actually do want to help.
0: So if you choose the Paragon option, Daniel lives, right?
3: Yeah, Daniel lives
0: okay yeah because i i don't remember if i couldn't choose them or oh. if i was just being stubborn but i went with the i'm not choosing the paragon option i'm not choosing the renegade option i'm just gonna be like okay everybody calm down and put the guns down and they're just like screw you you know screw you guy with a gun and then they pop daniel in the head and then you got fall into a firefight
3: i so, didn't uh, know daniel could die in this Oh. Yes. Yeah. Oh yes.
1: He he did not make it. He lives through the Renegade option too, because you just shoot the hostage taker straight in the dome and Daniel like escapes. So oops. Huh. Whoops. What does Morton <laughs> say about that? Like, is Morton just like, no, oh,
0: these things happen or A little bit. I mean he's a little he's a little bit sad because like Daniel had potential, but he's like, Well, Daniel was stupid and Daniel shouldn't have gone out.
3: Yeah. That's very Morten, like, sadly.
0: He's but not that's wrong. So
3: weird like, cause I remember, like, normal playthrough. Daniel lives, takes great, ca- like, uh, takes great care of the clinic and everything. Yeah. So, who runs the clinic now? Is it just abandoned?
1: I mean, there were other people working there. I assume he hands yeah. it off to some other person.
2: the
0: The other thing about Morton's response is that he's he's sad and pragmatic, but he's also very violent, and he gets very. Like, yeah, we will, you know, the, those Batarians will get what's coming to them. Like Morton's Morton's Morton definitely would choose the renegade option <laughs> for sure. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Daniel was not pleased with me, by the way, that I shot those dudes. And I was just like, you know what, bud? I don't care.
0: Get out of here. Yeah. Well, yeah, but well, yeah. I mean, I had to shoot the dudes anyway. And Daniel has no, no ability to be displeased with me. So, <laughs> you just look like, at his
3: dead face going. Fuck
0: you. <laughs> he's like he's like holding on like this one last breath, like Shepard.
3: Why did you do that? Like, <laughs> no. uh,
2: yeah, but that's that,
0: that's where I, uh, like there's a few times where if you don't cho- if you can't choose the paragon paragon or renegade options, or you don't choose the paragon renegade options, Shepard comes across as very like middle school assistant principal authority <laughs> where he's just yelling like okay you put those guns down you know you you know you sit there and listen and then like nobody has any respect for him like and it's and maybe i'm just saying this because as the parent of a two-year-old a five-year-old right now i often get lots of you know people not listening to me when they should but it's yeah it, like Shepard just comes across very ineffectual unless you can play the the paragon or the renegade like i mean the renegade stuff is usually you don't even give it a chance you're just right. just gonna shoot shoot first, ask questions later. The process. Paragon stuff is where where Shepard is, you know, um, it's like the what is it? It's like the scene in uh, Pulp Fiction when uh, when Samuel L. Jackson talks down uh, the, uh, he was a Tim Roth and, the, and his girlfriend holding mm-hmm. up the, yeah. the restaurant. Like, that is Samuel L. Jackson playing, like, his Paragon options the whole way through, and it's all working out. And then, you know, like, if he didn't, if he couldn't do that, like, the whole thing ends in a bloodbath because it's just, you know, shoot all shooting the other way. So I thought it was interesting when you when I went in to uh, turn on the fans for the ventilation system. Uh, there was one point where I, I came around behind a, behind a charging Krogan mm-hmm. and there were some, I think, Vorka with rockets uh, shooting from somewhere. And so the Vorkas were trying to shoot the rockets at me, but they missed and they hit the Krogan. Oh, that's fantastic.
3: <laughs> I, I did have that. That's awesome. Also, this was like, like a really bad planning right there. The Vorka should like... We must stop you from from carrying sc- uh, the plague by turning off the oxygen. The, the oxygen there, like, don't you need to breathe too? How is your plan going to work? You guys, don't see a lot of you guys wearing spacesuits suits or anything, and a lot of the other blue suns and humans, like, they're wearing suits. They're fine. I like a
0: really they, bad plan. They might not need oxygen necessarily. Maybe they need you know. There's some other chemical in the atmosphere that might naturally be present that they don't need the oxygen fans on, or I don't know. Maybe just just turning the oxygen off.
3: They don't need to breathe. They can speak, but just don't need to breathe. Yeah, that is really confusing.
1: The whole plan seems stupid and ill thought out.
3: Yeah. I wasn't sure just because the Vores are idiots is why it's a stupid plan.
1: (laughs) I think they're going to die in this plan, but whoever is telling them to do it doesn't care.
3: That's fair. That makes sense checks out.
0: <laughs> All right. So then uh so then the last thing is after you get Morden, uh you return to uh you return to the no- Normandy just to get no- Morden situated. Uh so you know, Morden gets his lab, that's when you get the uh the upgrades option on the Normandy. Start and, burning uh, those
1: resources. Yeah. yeah. I
3: I've, and- I do want to say I wish we had this fans that could translate the cure to all a disease. That'd be nice. Don't need a shot, just give everybody the cure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Some people would probably put on breathing masks to prevent receiving it.
3: Is that how they get rid of <laughs> a mask up? Just tell them they're going to get actually cured if they don't?
0: <laughs> yeah. They're supposed to... They're supposed to be putting the cure in in, uh, the vaccine in the salad dressing. I thought that was a thing. That's what I'm saying is is just
1: say, oh, we've aerosolized the vaccine. It's in the air now. And watch that like flip real hard. It could work. I believe in it. (laughs) That's what I'm going to say next time. If this ever occurs to me, it's like, I don't do this. Blah blah. blah." Oh, you know, they put that in the air now. Like you have to breathe it in and just see (laughs) Watch Watch the wheels turn. It's in the water. It's like fluoride. Anyway. Yeah, this one hit yeah. different. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Very different.
0: I mean, well there there are a few things that hit different. I think just, you know, 10 years having passed, you know, being a little bit older, you know, the world having changed a little bit in some ways. Some some of the the quests, you know, uh, you know, do 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 feel a little bit off, but I mean, this one really it's I I, I yeah, it's it's I mean, like yeah, like there you know, like I when I finished my play sessions, I'd kind of sit there and just have to like decompress for a moment and be like okay like you know you're, you're you're moving from one one you know weird situation to another but you know that that's what it is but yeah but it is good to have morden on the crew um, one less interesting thing is that uh when morden does come aboard his thoughts on edie uh, that he says that he thinks cerberus must be desperate to be working with an ai like that and i think he's right is that Cerberus knows, I mean, the stakes of the collectors and more so what's beyond the collectors. The stakes are the, you know, know, salvation of the galaxy. There's no, you know, this isn't the kind of fight where you leave something off the table for whatever reason. And and Cerberus is certainly, um, you know, certainly has some special options available to them on that table. So, yeah, it makes sense that they would be, uh, they would have introduced Edie the way they
3: did. Yeah. No, it's very interesting the way they they show you how uh, dangerous AI are, in the Mass Effect universe, like, in most Star Wars, you, would, you wouldn't think anything about it. You, you'd be like, it's AI, yeah, it's whatever, it'd be fine. you have to, like, drill your head. AI aren't are bad, don't, you can't
2: trust them.
1: Yeah, I think, too, it shows, like, the gravity of breaking the law against AIs, is, like, people take this very, very seriously. And so if Cerberus were found to have an AI, like, the blowback would be more than they could withstand. Like, they've gotten away with a lot, but this is one they're not going to get away with.
3: It's fair, but, but more did really think be, like, too worried about the AI, like, as, as I felt like someone who was, like, a scientist that would know about it, would be as worried. She was like, eh, it's an AI. Okay.
2: Eh. Desperate.
0: And then one final note is that when you do return back onto Omega... Uh, Edie reports that the plague is now gone and that the Blue Suns are back in charge in that territory as that was their territory uh, before the plague all started.
2: Man, that's a good cure. It only takes less than a day to cure everybody. It's very convenient.
0: Yeah, it would have been more fun if she was like, okay, Shepard, go around and vaccinate everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Set up a
3: uh, some lines, some clinics. Like, yeah. There's like it's a resource
1: that. management, like mobile sim game or something that you play to do that.
3: <laughs> ever has to make a commercial for the for the cure.
0: <laughs> my favorite clinic on Omega. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, All right. W- why don't we take a like five minute break, and then uh, we'll come back and talk about. Uh, Archangel. Arch Archangel, Arch Kurt angle. We'll talk about Kurt angle.
1: All right. Wow. There's a callback. I, I assume <laughs> for all I know, like I fell out, I fell so hard out of wrestling. He could still be wrestling. And I'd be like, huh? Okay.
0: I mean, he's, you know, he's not young, but I, I I think he has uh, stepped in the ring in the last few years. I think. When I, I was Kurt Angle's a man. little
1: kid, I enjoyed the Undertaker and his whole shtick, along with like the Ultimate Warrior. And as far as I know, the Undertaker—I think he's done, but like f-
0: he was wrestling till like five years ago. More, more recently than that, like two years. Oh my god, two years ago. Like, one, like I think I think last year, last WrestleMania was his last match.
3: He, he uh, so, retired, November twenty second, twenty twenty.
0: Okay. Yes. Okay.
1: That's what like. So these guys, they just like. Unless they get, like, Mick foley and just totally destroy their bodies. Like, they hang out for a long time. Anyway.
0: All right, we're going to go ahead and wrap it there. We'll finish up talking about Omega and Archangel next week. Uh, so let's go ahead. Uh, thank you to Jarrett for producing and editing and thank you for listening and downloading. We are at Squad Goals N7 on Twitter, also at the MASH Network. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash mashthosebuttons. Also YouTube at youtube.com slash mashthosebuttons. Chip is at WD on Twitter and also on Wondrous Tales uh, every other week talking about Final Fantasy uh, 14. You can also find Kurabara over on Dropping Spicy and he is at Kurabaras on Twitter And I am at WookieBH on Twitter. You can also find me here on WoW Talk, talking about Warcraft news and guild management, and also on the Torn and the Goblin, talking about Warcraft story and lore. Join the mash those buttons community on discord at mash.gg discord and email us your thoughts or questions at squad goals at mash.gg. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to help us out, please share it and rate it if you can and visit mtb.gg support to see all the ways you can support mash those buttons and all our great podcasts, including on Patreon, where for as little as $1 a month, you can gain early access to content as well as to patron exclusive content. And you can also check out our humble bundle affiliate link as well as our PayPal one-time donation link over at mtb.gg slash support and stay tuned to hear about our other shows on the Mash Those Buttons network. For Chip and Curra, I'm Nick and I should go. See you, Commander, and this is my favorite show on the Citadel.